Welcome to Viz, the podcast and show where the power of human connection and the age of information is the real driver behind our content. Uh, to sum us up, we discuss very important stuff, which is also the initial of Viz, V-I-S, with interesting people and we get up close and personal with each other, with what we're discussing, um, just to give you, our listeners, the power to make positive change through knowledge about different topics. Uh, I'm Star. And I'm Izzy. And our topic this week is the importance of journalism today. And we're also going to look at the changing role of grassroots journalism. So just a little bit of context for you. We're we're both journalists or journalism students. Mm. And journalism has been around for centuries. Uh, Style going to a a bit more specifically, but there's so Mm. many different forms. You've got radio, you've got TV journalism, you've got written journalism, and Mm -hmm. and there's like new forms being developed all the time. Mm. And the thing about journalism is that it's constantly having to change. The purpose of it is to deliver information to the public. And because the public are always changing how they consume information, particularly Mm. with the rapid advancement of technology, journalism has to change too. Um, So that's why why we want to talk about it, because actually at the moment, journalism is changing really rapidly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've got Trump's America, we've got Brexit. All of this Mm -hmm. stuff has Mm -hmm. really brought media and journalism into the public's eye so yeah we Mm. really wanted to just touch on that Mm -hmm. and so is it kind of touched on journalism's link with democracy there and journalism actually does have quite an intrinsic intrinsic link with western democracies um so loads of different writers um have kind of analyzed um this concept um but writers such as nico carpentier brian mcnair um or a group of writers um headed by uh, clifford christians uh, proposed that by fulfilling roles such as surveillance so information about events Uh, facilitation so that's engaging uh, so helping the public to engage with the state or government and radicalization so ensuring that no injustices are ever tolerated that actually the mass media help society to exercise power over the state over the state so for example that's through uh, elections uh, or in public or with public opinion and in doing so journalism and the media can actually help to aid democracy so on the ground, um, or as you'll hear us mention in the show quite a lot, this concept of uh, grassroots journalism, mm. um, what does that kind of concept actually look like? What does it actually look like for journalism to help um, democracy function in a healthy way? Um, so, you know, traditionally, it's kind of looked like the journalist's role being to hold local politicians to account. Um, but for reasons that we'll talk about later on in the show... Um, where that's not happening so much anymore if that's not happening there's no scrutiny happening on a local level and the government um, kind of stops being able to accurately represent their electorate and aka us so it's a really important issue and that's kind of like why we wanted to talk about it today yeah and it's hugely relevant at the moment as well especially in Cornwall because you know Cornwall's a really big county covering a lot of people and it's got this council 
that you know the public might not know what they get up to might not have access to their budget might not be able to like you know scrutinize their actions mm. and that's the role of grassroots journalism that's why you've got a local democracy reporter who's coming in and scrutinizing that budget and then delivering that information to the public exactly. in a condensed format mm. so they can then make decisions on whether to support that that councillor that councillor whether to complain you know mm. Um, I think this is quite overlooked in in terms of how journalism's viewed in society. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, um, a big so Izzy kind of used Cornwall as the example there. And and if you look at specific examples within Cornwall, you know, Cornwall is a big county, as Izzy said. Um, but where there would have been kind of a multitude of different. Uh, democracy reporters and journalists now there's just one democracy reporter for the entire county um and um my mentor who's a breakfast show host on bbc cornwall said you know when she first started out in her career um and she's kind of in her 50s now, there used to be a reporter at nearly every council meeting and there was a local crime reporter at every court hearing um, as well as, you know, kind of semi-retired reporters usually doing freelance work for social papers, um, for local papers on top of that. Um, and where that's not happening, as as we've been saying, you know, there's there's becoming this kind of breakdown in communication between the people who we elect to represent us yeah. and the issues that are actually um, happening and, and actually affecting the people, the public. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's, yeah, really important topic to talk about. Yeah, and, you know, it's just it just brings into question, I think a lot of people question what is the point in journalism, mm. especially today, and it, it's hard to see the point when these democracy reporters and stuff aren't delivering information to the public that's helpful and that's mm, actually mm. that's actually giving them something to work with do you know what i mean mm, mm, definitely yeah. so let's crack on with the song get the show going yes so this song choice is my first one um i when i was a kid i really looked up to plan b who's a <laughs> musician I, i'm sure most of you know him um and while I wasn't from London, nor experiencing life as rough as some people would on estates, you know, I did feel like I could relate a lot to what sort of stuff Plan B rapped and sang about. Um, he focused a lot on social justice. And while his earlier songs, particularly in his Ill Manners album, are really gritty and like sometimes really hard to listen to mm. they are really insightful and they do give a really good portrayal of the council estate experience and what it's like to grow up feeling like the estate or or like wherever you live in a flat block or whatever is all you have and all you will ever have mm. um and like the system is completely stacked against you like there was no escaping it but at the same time you were completely stereotyped um so I just, I just felt, and, and you know, this hasn't necessarily got a, a direct relation to the media, but the stereotyping that, Ill Manor, that Plan B talks about in, in his song Ill Manners is sort of, it is sort of like a little dig at the, at the media mm. and, um, and their flaws. Mm. And that's something I've battled with a lot is like this conflict between loving the media and also hating the media. So mm -hmm. I thought it would be quite a relevant one to play today. So this is Ill Manners by Plan B. Um, and 
I hope you're prepared. It's pretty gritty, but yeah, I love it. Here you go. Let's all go on the urban safari. We might see some illegal migrants. Oi, look, there's a chap. That means council housed and violent. He's got a hoodie on, give him a hug. A second thoughts don't, you don't want to get mugged. Oh, too late, that was kind of dumb. Whose idea was that? Stupid. He's got some front. Able you, be the joker, play the fool. It's politics, ain't it all? Smoking mirrors, April Fools. All year round, all in all. Just another brick in the wall. Get away with murder in the schools. Use four letters, swear words, cause we're cool. All drinkers, drug takers. Every single one of us funds the earth. Keep on believing what you read in the papers. Council estate is gone with the earth. Thinking all life on the council estate is from a thing you ever read about it or heard. But it's all true, so stay with your safest. There's no need to step out the bird. Truth is here, we're all disturbed. We cheat and lie, it's so absurd. Feed the fear, that's what we've learned. Fuel the fire, let it burn. Find yourself in the hood, nobody goes there We got an eco-friendly government They preserve our natural habitat Built an entire Olympic village around where we live about Pulling down any flats, give us free money And we don't pay any tax, NHS, healthcare Yes, please, many thanks, people get stabbed round here There's many shanks, nice knowing someone's got a back When we get attacked, don't give me that, I lose my temper Who closed down the community centre? I kill time there, used to be a member What will I do now till September? School's out, rules out, the tools out London's burning, I predict a riot Falling, fall out, who knows what it's all about? What did that chief say? Something about the Kaisers, kids on the street, now they never miss a beat, never miss a cheap feel when it comes their way. Let's go looting, no, not looting. The high street's closer, cover your face. And if we see any rich kids on the way, we'll make them wish they stayed inside. There's a charge of congestion, everybody's gotta pay. Do what this does, rob them blind.
that song. That song. It's just so, it gets me pumped. It's so it good. It gets me like, oh, almost angry, but I don't, you know, I don't want to be angry, but I just I know. Like, it's it's <laughs> one of those songs, right? I, don't, I definitely don't know the words, <laughs> but it kind of, it like makes you almost feel like you know all the words or like you want to know all the words like yeah, you know, yeah. you're you kind of like go along with it yeah exactly get your anger out with the lyrics oh so it. good love it absolutely love it so you are listening to viz on source fm with star and izzy hello So we just wanted to talk a little bit about um, the role of journalism in our lives growing up. So Izzy, do you want to kick it off? So yeah, I've had a bit of a weird one with journalism because I grew up with quite anarchistic parents. They had quite a big distrust for the media. They didn't like watching the news. They didn't read newspapers specifically Mm -hmm. because they distrusted pretty much everyone in power Mm -hmm. and everyone who was trying to like tell stories of the government and stuff Mm -hmm. so i always read news really skeptically i did sometimes read the news but i read it like from a really skeptical point of view often trying to like find bits of it that were blatantly dissing the working class or stuff like that Mm -hmm. um but then at the same time i grew up with this love of words (laughs) and i could see from an early age just how important it was to give people information so that they could make informed decisions Mm. in their society. And so I was like battling, I had this conflict inside of me, like I hate journalism because it's like liars. (laughs) But at the same time, I love journalism because it's so helpful. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And then it wasn't until I got older that I really started to consider journalism as quite an essential aspect of society. Mm. Now I still do struggle sometimes, I see, because I'm inside journalism now, I see how your intentions can sometimes get lost um, when you're writing a story or, you know, money comes into it quite a lot and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So there's still this conflict inside of me, but I have learned to be under this impression that actually we need journalists. Mm. They're really important to healthy democracies. Mm. So, um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. (laughs) Yeah. That's how it affected me growing up. Yeah, so I I'd say that I'm probably in a very similar pace um to you is just in terms of how I feel about journalism. I think it's so essential mm. um well, to the world and to society. Yeah, exactly. It's such a it's I don't I don't think people value journalism enough and I think yeah, attitudes really need to change and I think there needs to be more transparency both on the sides of journalists and the mass media and the public as well. So I think but that's a conversation that and and that's a change that a change that has to happen gradually yeah for sure so but in terms of um me growing up um so I kind of come from a split parent household um so on the one hand growing up I had um the kind of very liberal guardian reading hummus eating philosophy inspired uh, dinner time debates with kind of one household and we'd talk about the news and world events um and kind of you know very um that household was always always very interested in in journalism and what it meant and you know and the media's role and and how we perceive things and but then on the other side um 
kind of a bit similar to Izzy kind of had a, um, a different perspective um, on the news and, and the media kind of this kind of like anarchist anti-state mentality um, of like hippie hippie mom you know mm-hmm. um, but I mean that's exactly what I had <laughs> yeah yeah um, exactly so is you kind of you kind of grow up with with this yeah I suppose um, conflict um, between being interested in journalism but also skeptical and questioning of it um, but it kind of really became more of a central part of my life when I did politics a level um, just because of the link between politics and democracy uh, and journalism and now doing journalism as a degree um, yeah I just absolutely love it and kind of as I started out by saying think it's really really important so mm. yeah that's a little bit about me really yeah so this week's guest is speaking to us all the way uh, over in Alaska North America her name is Erin McGrawty uh, and she's currently the manager of news and content at the University of Alaska and she's formerly worked as a political reporter um, at a local daily newspaper now this is a statement taken uh, from our guest about who she is and what she stands for. Um, I am a young journalist, deeply interested in the connection between art, culture and politics. I specialise in political reporting, but throughout my extensive experience as a former staff writer at my college newspaper and current work at the Fairbanks Daily News Minor, I have also written on arts and lifestyle, crime and sports. As a journalist, I strive to provide crucial crucial information to the public in a creative and ethical way, passionately supporting persistent and truthful journalism as a means for communication. So that is really exciting and we're really excited to speak to her. Yes. Um, yeah, love what she stands for. Um yeah, and can't wait to have her on. I feel like we'll have some some things in common as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So can't wait for that. Um just wanted to like explain that we're on Zoom um um because we record in a studio. Um, but obviously we're speaking to you on Zoom. Um, just so for our listeners, so they're not suddenly like, oh, why, why, why are we on Zoom? Yeah, what's going, what's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, so we're, we're chatting to you on Zoom. We're really excited to, to talk about this topic. Um, yeah, and like hear your stories. Mm, definitely. So first of all, do you want to just introduce yourself a bit? Tell us a little bit about who you are and um, what, the, what sort of work you do. Yeah, so my name's Erin McGordy, and I live in Fairbanks, Alaska, um, and I, up until quite recently, was a political reporter for the local newspaper here in Fairbanks. Um, it's one of only about two daily newspapers in the whole state, um, and it's a big state, <laughs> so there is a lot Um, and it was it was a pretty small staff and so I covered um, the state legislature which is our state government the governor here and then um, our Alaska representatives in Congress in Washington Um, yeah yeah and then also a lot of policy in Alaska is connected with natural resource development because it's a very resource development heavy state um, which can be controversial at times so a lot of the politics have to do with passing certain bills to open up certain areas for oil drilling in particular 
Um, so I covered a lot of that as well. And then this last spring, I got kind of tossed into covering our state's um, efforts to combat COVID-19. So that was a circus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can vouch for that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so just a little bit of everything. I think that's the nature of working for a small daily is you never really know what you're going to get tossed at the beginning of the day. <laughs> and was there any, so growing up, was there any particular um, like influences or, or anything that like made you want to get into journalism? Anything like that attracted you to it, for example? Well, I grew up reading the newspaper. I was kind of the, the weird kid who liked starting my morning <laughs> reading the newspaper. <laughs> um, and then I grew up in a really political family. And so going into political journalism was a really natural transition for me. Um, I got my bachelor's degree. I kind of created my own. I combined political science and history and journalism. So that created a really nice on-ramp for specifically political journalism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amazing. Um, so we wanted to kind of talk a bit about, um, because obviously you've been really involved in kind of, I suppose you call it grassroots journalism, um, and a top, kind of a topic both on both sides of the pond in America and in the UK is this kind of conversation around um, objectivity in journalism and what that kind of looks like in today's political landscape. So, you know, whether it, in the US you've kind of got um, the kind of political landscape that Trump's administration has created with, you know, the war on truth and fake news and um, all that kind of thing and kind of his almost like dislike of the press and um, and then in, over here, you know, we, we're, we're coming out of, but still very much in like the Brexit years and all the misinformation that like happened around like those campaigns. So we just wanted to like kind of kick off that conversation, looking at that topic by asking you like what you feel the kind of place and role um, objectivity has that you found in in being a journalist today how do you navigate how did you navigate that with with your reporting and yeah what what have you found that kind of yeah that ideal or ideal to be in your work of objectivity yeah so it's definitely a, a complicated topic right now with the political landscape like you said we have a a presidential administration that is very, um, I would say, anti-free press, um, and that created a really combative element um, on the national level. And in Alaska, currently, we have a governor who is quite similar, um, not to the extent, but at times can be rather obstructionist um, when he wants to be. If there's certain issues that he doesn't want to talk about, there was some uh, scandal recently with his attorney general, which is like the state um, top lawyer. And uh, the attorney general ended up resigning suddenly. And 
there was a whole group of us who were trying to get more and more information about what happened when it happened, you know, the whole timeline of it. And there were uh, maybe like a month and a half where he didn't hold any press conferences to avoid answering any questions. (laughs) So I think for me, the topic of objectivity um, means being willing to upset a lot of people in power because I think that um, if you're looking at something objectively with the political climate, especially in America right now, it means uncovering a lot of things that I think people in positions of power wouldn't like to have uncovered or wouldn't like to have reported fully. Mm. Um, that that was an adjustment for me starting out because I started my career under a state administration that was very welcoming of the press. So mm. that was a really smooth way for you to start. Yeah. Um, and then when a new governor, it, it was a big shift. Um, and so that presented an element of daily stress, I think, that kind of goes along with the job. It's just an occupational hazard, I guess, when you're reporting Mm -hmm. on politics, but a lot of people like you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I loved what you said about objectivity being like, like kind of, yeah being willing to upset people yes yeah, that is it, isn't it? Upset you've got to let go of that fear of upsetting people you've got to just stop caring because you're at the end of the day you're there to tell the truth the mm. honest truth nothing but the truth <laughs> and if that upsets people so be it like you yeah. just have to accept that don't you mm. um it's a bit yeah. of a different angle in terms of objectivity that i would personally normally take as yeah, well because yeah, yeah, yeah. i've got this like really postmodern view on truth and all of this and mm. and this idea that actually we're all culturally different which means it's really difficult to access the truth but the way that you've put it is actually you've got to be objective in not getting upset about stuff and not letting your emotions lead how you access a story or how you tell a story, which is actually quite a refreshing take on it in mm, terms of mm. how we've studied it. So mm, yeah, mm, definitely. Um, and it, on that, okay, it, it can be um, difficult at times, I think, because like you mentioned, I, I would have to kind of keep my own opinion and my own feelings out of what I was reporting on. And when you're writing about policy that's kind of dry and bare bones, then that's relatively easy if you're parsing through a budget or something. But um, a lot of policy these days on the national level and on the state level are affecting people and they're very human stories and there's a lot of personal elements to it. And so it gets a lot harder, I think, or it takes more effort to push yourself to the side um, and kind of put yourself on pause while you're reporting. And that's been an interesting balance that I've had to find Mm. and how and practically how how do you find that balance is there any is there any kind of methods in your reporting or 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 the way that you gather your stories that you kind of help yourself to to put yourself to one side as you said um I think if I were to give advice to someone in a situation like that it would be to know when to give yourself a break. Um, I think that when you're on the job, you can be on the job and you can be completely focused and kind of turn your own personal self off a little bit and focus on the story. But when you leave 
you've got to figure out a way to kind of refresh and come back to life a little bit <laughs> as it were mm, yeah definitely yeah and I also wanted to just ask about your feelings on the future of grassroots journalism in particular because in this country we've got funding cuts low staffing um where there used to be like five or six reporters for one topic like democracy now there's one for like two counties mm. so it's this looking at the purpose of grassroots journalism in holding politicians local government to account do you are you, are you scared about the future of it um are you, or are you like feeling like there's loads of opportunities to come um yeah what do you what do you think about the future of grassroots journalism i think that it's it's really prevalent especially these days um, a lot of the issues that you just mentioned are complications here as well as far as um, your classic newspapers shrinking. Um, when I started at the newsroom that I just left, there were maybe 20 people at a time. And when I left, there were less than 10. And that's in a three and a half year span. Um, and that's, you know, largely due to not being able to make enough money or people are finding their news elsewhere and so losing subscribers or, you know, whatever the present issue is. Um, I think that's a problem across the country and definitely across the world is just um, the classic idea of journalism, I think, is changing. And that necessarily isn't a bad thing like you mentioned i think it opens the door for a lot of uh creative approaches to mm. informing the public um so I, I think it's it's both good and bad um it's difficult to kind of step away from that classic ideal um and feel the shifts while you're in the industry it can yeah. be a little jolting at times yeah. <laughs> actually part of I just left the newsroom that I was at. Um, but I, I do think that it creates a lot of opportunity if you look at it in the right way. And we, we, I wanted to also touch on the role that social media now plays, because I think that's one of the things that's causing journalism to change quite a lot is this mm -hmm. role of social media and the public's life and how that's becoming such a big source of information for them, um, that it's actually causing these shifts in in journalism do you think that social media at the moment is a source of empowerment for journalists or is that actually a threat to journalists i think both um i think that especially what we see here in the us um particularly with regard to politics um there's a lot of issues revolving around disinformation and the spread of lies <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, and that um, that can come from people in power as we're currently seeing with the pushback on the election results and it can also come from you know your average person from you know some random state sitting behind their laptop you know also telling lies mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that um, that creates an additional obstacle when you're dealing with a shifting industry and budget cuts and, and you know, a, a changing newsroom also having to kind of ramp up your efforts to combat 
a, a new level of misinformation can get a little complicated. Mm. Um, on the flip side, I think that social media presents an opportunity for grassroots journalists who are not necessarily connected to a newsroom to kind of make it on their own and find a platform to share that news. We're seeing that a lot recently with um, a lot of the riots that happened across the country, specifically connected to the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. There were protests pretty much every day in a lot of major cities for more than a month. Um, and a lot of the footage that we saw, whether it was photos or videos, came from someone who is not necessarily associated with the newspaper. Mm -hmm. And I think that can actually come in handy because when you're dealing with a small staff in a newsroom, they're going to have to delegate assignments mm -hmm. and they're not going to be able to have someone there every single day covering everything that's happening at the protest. Mm -hmm. And so having these grassroots journalists there and having the freedom to not necessarily be tied to a specific um, organization, I think gives an opportunity for a, a little bit more coverage in a particular area that you might not otherwise see. Mm, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, definitely. That actually leads on really nicely to kind of another area that we wanted to ask you about, which is this kind of growing intersection between journalism and activism. So there you were kind of talking about um, the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, that was massive over here in the UK as well. And kind of we're seeing these like, almost like this increase in in big social movements you know um whether it's hashtag me too or um you know black lives matter has obviously been around for um you know a few years now but um kind of i suppose this summer we saw like quite a uh, unprecedented rise in the in the amount of protests and and stuff like that and, the, and there was also loads of um uh, kind of extinction rebellion and climate change um orientated um protests which has been happening in the uk for for a long while now over the last year or so um so i suppose um just wanted to talk about you know how this kind of increase in 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 big social movements and activism is um maybe changing the role of journalism or, or or changing journalism overall like it kind of is its purpose um i suppose um i was interviewing a journalist for a piece of work i'm doing uh, a couple of nights ago and she was saying um in regards to just like her work and a lot of her colleagues she's over in the us as well and um and she was saying that a lot of her colleagues are kind of saying that it's less about you know um like object objectivity and like being a good journalist but also just having that kind of thought process of what side of history do you want to fall on um in terms of what's what's happening with these social movements absolutely absolutely um i it's it's interesting sometimes because i feel like i i as a political reporter have gotten a lot of flack on and off throughout my career for um, some sides have said I'm too liberal, some sides have said I'm not liberal enough. And so I feel like when I've got both sides angry at me, I'm where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, 
think that it's it's interesting um, to look, like you mentioned earlier, at what truth means to people. Um, and I think that speaking truth to power right now can often be painted as activism, um, which is a strange position to be in if you don't consider yourself uh, honest to goodness activist journalist, but you get kind of herded into that group just because of the way that you're approaching reporting on people in positions of power. If you're mm. discussing things that they don't want you to discuss, or if you are, you know, bringing to the surface topics that may shake their position or their foundation, um, that can often seem like activism. So it's, it's an interesting position to be in, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's interesting because there's actually this history. I'm studying protests as part of a research project. Where there's this history called with um, journalism and protests called the protest paradigm. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's basically this idea that traditionally journalists will portray protesters and, and protests in a really negative light in support of basically government policy. And it's interesting now, we're actually seeing a huge shift and um, you see journalism not just going against something because it's a tradition but like supporting it because it's, that's the truth or supporting it because that's an, a way of presenting a story truthfully so yeah i just thought i'd mention that because i i've seen this interesting shift in it as well mm. um and as you said it's it's like instead of being seen as an honest journalist you're seen as an activist just because you are challenging positions of power mm. which is so interesting mm. Mm. and on that as well i think it's um just kind of really interesting um to think about maybe do we need to change what we kind of universally see as like unjust because yeah. a lot of a lot of these movements are, are protesting against you know like black lives matter i would argue is is just like about basic human rights about <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean so it's kind of like and but and yet it's been so heavily like politicized and it's kind of i think i think as well like coming into that being a journalist just yeah just needing to think about actually you know i think that we need to change kind of yeah mm. what, what, what it's the same the same with climate science as well because in the uk we have climate deniers climate change deniers facing against extinction rebellion protesters or climate crisis protesters mm. and at what point do we accept that climate change is real and mm. a scientific fact so, so that we stop chasing this idea of balance mm. like you know un, mm. do, do you see what i mean yeah, that was um, that was actually a, a topic on which my former editor and I butted heads a little bit. Um, is uh, approaching topics that we know to be fact um, and referring to them as fact, <laughs> and in turn, people who are you know denying the existence of climate change or saying that climate change is real but it's a natural shift and it has nothing to do with human activity which we know to be patently false mm -hmm. um, how do you approach their position on that 
And, you know, do you go as far as to say that they're denying fact or denying scientific as evidence or, you know, I, I am hesitant to say that someone doesn't believe in climate change because to me, science is not really something that is up to belief or not, but that's also just the weird political world that we're in right now yeah. is people choosing whether or not they want to believe in something that we know to be true. You know, it would be the same as saying, well, this political person, you know, this, this candidate or this politician doesn't believe in gravity. You know? <laughs> it's, it's absurd, but it's really hard to strike a balance and, and not get backlash from it as well. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's huge here. Um, because one of the biggest issues right now is the Trump administration is trying to open lease sales for oil drilling in an area of the state that um, is indigenous land mm. um, and has been lived on and used by Alaska's native population for thousands of years. And so there's a, a big controversy about whether or not they should be drilling in that land whether or not they have the right to, um, but also how much they're contributing to climate change by doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and like I mentioned earlier, this state is very resource development heavy, um, but also here we're seeing climate change at a really rapid rate, you know? <laughs> it's because, because we're so far north, we're seeing these um, changes very quickly. And so we have some communities that are on the coast that the populations have literally had to relocate because their village is falling into the ocean. Oh my God. <laughs> and that's, yeah, because in the last decade or so, it's warmed up and so the sea ice is not reaching the shore, which means that storms are coming in and eroding away the shoreline in a way that they never used to. And so these villages were built on the shoreline because it used to be safe to do that. Um, and now there's pictures of school buildings falling off of sand cliffs into the ocean, you know? So <laughs> it's just, it's, it's happening. Yeah. It's so strange you see evidence like that. And then to talk to a sitting senator who says, well, you know, the climate has been changing the beginning of time and natural cycle. <laughs> well, no, it isn't actually. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. I was going to say, do you want to just introduce your song quickly? I think now is quite a nice time for you to, to have your song choice played. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I picked Pink Moon by Nick Drake. Um, and I think that's the whole album is a really nice one that has stuck with me for a lot of years now. Um, and it's just one that I kind of turn to when I need to decompress from the workday, which recently has been a lot. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my choice. So I written and I saw it say 
choice yeah i was gonna i was gonna say just to finish off um i was interested because you did mention earlier that you've sort of left the industry um or you've moved from the newspaper to a, to, to a different position is there something in particular that like caused this move um that you don't mind sharing? so I, it was uh, a really difficult decision for me actually because i loved the work that i did um, and so I always said that I really liked my work, but I didn't like my job. Um, and that is that the, the writing was great. And I feel like right now, especially in this state, in this country, um, in other countries, journalism holds a really important place in speaking to truth to power and, you know, shining light on issues that need to be talked about and need to be learned about. Um, and so I felt really conflicted making the decision to leave, but it was one of those situations where through budget cuts or ill choices with regard to budgeting, um, the number of staff versus the amount of work versus the amount that we were being paying was just not even and not a good balance and so i found that even though i felt like my work was really important it was causing too much stress um and yeah decaying my mental state <laughs> yeah, I'm worried that that's going to be the case for a lot of journalists all over the world especially like, even particularly in the uk as well mm. um like we're entering the field at quite a like, challenging time where yeah. there's been budget cuts and then there's been covid cuts so it's like we've got this double whammy mm. of uh, and it's scary to think that we're going to have to navigate this uh world where we just can have so much work but no money yeah. <laughs> it's just terrifying but um 
it's it's hard to find that balance and i think that's key is just figuring out um what is important for you and what you're willing to do to make that happen mm -hmm. and also what you're willing to take to make that happen mm -hmm. <laughs> um and i i think that the the industry is changing all over the world and it presents some really great opportunities for organizations that want to shift their approach. Um, for example, I think that as much as I like holding a newspaper in my hands, I think print journalism is dying. Mm. Um, I think that a lot of organizations are holding on to that um, because it's what they know and they would be able to kind of ebb and flow with the changing industry if they were able to open up their ideas of how journalism should be approached, whether that's increased photo and video, or whether it's, um, you know, doing podcasts or doing digital journalism only online where you can update your stories more often. Yeah. Um, you know, printing a story daily, I think especially right now with COVID, things are changing so quickly that I found even on a state level, I would print a story and by that afternoon, that information had changed. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's hard to, to kind of find an approach that fits the situation these days. Mm -hmm. um, so I think my biggest advice is to make sure um, to have a solid idea of the path you wanna take and know when to make a cut if you're not finding yourself on the right path anymore. If you're with an organization or if you're doing something that isn't, that's kind of taking you away from that drive that you have or is deteriorating that, um, you know, you gotta know when to step away. Mm. So I, I hope to go back to reporting. I love it. Um, I would like to continue that career, but I think Right now, I just needed to take a step back. <laughs> Hit pause. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for your advice. That's amazing. Yeah. And thank you so much for being on our show. Yeah. We thank will, you. if you want to hear the final thingy, the final show, we can send it to you if you'd, if you'd like. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. We'll do that. We'll probably edit it up today and then mm. I'll send it over to you. Yeah. Fab. That's great. Nice to meet you both. Lovely to meet so you. Nice and and meet hopefully you. we can chat again in the future if yeah, if we uh, cross paths again. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, feel free to read whatever. Yeah, amazing. Good Have... luck with everything. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Take care. All right, bye. 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 Oh, that was such a great chat, wasn't it? Oh, it was amazing. It's just so interesting to talk to a journalist to sort of not in a similar position to us, but like a little bit further along. Yeah. But in Alaska. Yeah. So cool. And also just seeing all the similarities, you know, between the, the, the story for journalists and, you know, the role that journalism is playing in, in our world, in our political landscape, whether that's in the UK or the US, you know, yeah, it's so and similar. also in Cornwall yeah. and in Alaska, like even though Alaska is a huge state, it seems yeah. like they're having the exact same problems that Cornwall yeah, yeah, yeah. is yeah, facing. Funding cuts. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah um yeah oh yeah amazing so tough to have her on so tough to have her on yeah
So, I mean, we've kind of been talking about um, the cross-section between journalism and activism, um, which kind of that thinking leads me on to my um, song choice, my next song choice. Um, and because there's also been a long history of a cross-section with music and activism. So we saw that a lot over the summer in the musical response to kind of the unprecedented rise in Black Lives Matter protests and also the growing awareness of systemic racism and white supremacy. Um, but it was a kind of a real point in a real time of popular culture and popular music rising up to, to, to take stock of that moment. Um, so I just wanted to play this track because it's one such artist and one such track that um, did this and did it really well through a combination of music and spoken word. So I'll let the track do the talking, but um, this is I Can't Breathe and it's by the artist H-E-R, pronounced her. At the same time All the corruption and justice The same crimes Always a problem If we do or don't fight And we die We don't have the same right What is a gun to a man that surrenders? What's it gonna take for someone to defend her? If we all agree that we're equal as people Then why can't we see what is evil? of minds, bodies, and human rights. Stripped of bloodlines, whipped and confined, this is the American pride. It's justifying a genocide, romanticizing the theft and bloodshed that made America the land of the free. To take a black life, land of the free, to bring a gun to a peaceful fight for civil rights. You are desensitized to pulling triggers on innocent lives because that's how we got here in the first place. These 
these wounds sink deeper than the bullet your entitled hands could ever reach. Generations and generations of pain, fear, and anxiety. Equality is walking without intuition, saying the protector and the killer is wearing the same uniform. The revolution is not televised. Media perception is forced down the throats of closed minds, so it's lies in the headlines and generations of supremacy resulting in your ignorant, privileged eyes. We breathe the same and we bleed the same, but still we don't see the same. Be thankful we are God-fearing because we do not seek revenge. We seek justice. We are past fear. We are fed up eating your shit because you think your so-called black friend validates your wokeness and erases your racism. That kind of uncomfortable conversation is too hard for your trust fund pockets to swallow. To swallow the strange fruit hanging from my family tree because of your audacity to say all men are created equal in the eyes of God but disparage a man based on the color of his skin. Do not say you do not see color. When you see us, see us. We can't breathe. so much wow the the top layer of my skin is like tingling like crazy from that song (laughs) you know that feeling of just like tingling oh honestly and i just i wish that like i could use words in the way that she does like it's just such a like mic drop moment every line in that piece of spoken word she does oh honestly it really does um so we're coming towards the end of the show mm-hmm. and it is my turn this week to do the blurt of the week. But controversially, I didn't have a blurt of the week. So <laughs> my blurt is that I can't blurt because to be quite honest, I'm completely blurted out. I am so maxed out with deadline stress and work and interviewing people and just everything that, you know, sometimes... And, uh, you know, what, whatever it is that you're maxed out with at the moment, if you're listening into the show at the moment, you know, whatever, it, if it's work, if it's nagging kids, if it's, you know, your COVID, COVID <laughs> if it's your boyfriend that's getting on your tits, if it's your girlfriend that's getting on your tits, um, I just wanted to say sometimes it's okay to be blurted out. It is. It is absolutely okay to yeah. be blurted out. And if you don't have any blurt left, that's okay. And on that note, I think that's a fabulous time to end the show today. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, big thank you to Erin for coming on and speaking to us. It was really great to get her yes, insight. It was definitely. amazing to talk to her. Um, yes, we've been Viz. Viz RV. Star and Izzy. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening. And we hope you tune in next week, Friday at 3pm on Source FM. Amazing. Bye. Bye. Thank you.